everyone, it's Jeff, and when we talk about realistic scenarios that you may encounter as an armed defender, a lot of people may think about like the ATM robbery, the parking lot holdup, or even a carjacking scenario. And with each one of these scenarios, the most common environmental factor you'll find yourself facing will likely be the presence of a vehicle, either your car or other automobiles in the area. Now, vehicles can be an obstacle that can make your goal of survival even harder, but they can also be a powerful ally in stopping the enemy that you're facing, if you know how to use them to your advantage. That's why I was so happy to get tactical firearms trainer Craig Douglas on our broadcast, because Craig has a lot of experience in training all levels of operators the secrets to vehicle combatives. I know you're going to get a lot out of this week's interview, so let's go ahead and get started. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. When it comes to being prepared to defend yourself and your loved ones with a firearm, you must be trained for any threat scenario you may encounter. That means mastering your home defense skills, concealed carry tactics if you're licensed, and even how to shoot in and around vehicles should you be caught in a firefight in public. Unfortunately, as critical as vehicle combatives training is to an effective survival plan, it's hard to come by for the everyday responsibly armed citizen. But that's why we're here. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. Now, vehicle combatives with a firearm is a hard course to come by, but fortunately, one of our network instructors does offer this type of training. So we reached out to our friend, Craig Douglas, to have him share some of his best secrets for defending yourself with a firearm in and around a vehicle. Craig, welcome to the program. Jeff, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's, it's great to have you on, man. I'm really, really appreciate you taking the time. Listen, everybody, Craig is a U.S. Army vet and retired 21-year police officer with experience in everything from corrections to narcotics to undercover work. He has over 30 years hand-to-hand in firearms training and has trained more than 5,000 police officers and growing, as well as private sector operators in survival courses in the, in the U.S. and abroad. Now, for more information about Craig and his training opportunities, please visit his website, at www.shivworks.com. That's S-H-I-V-Works.com. Now, Craig, you've developed an entire training course around vehicle combatives. What would you say are the major threats that someone might find themselves confronted with that would require adding vehicle combative skills to their survival training? I think some of the major threats are, the number one, where vehicles reside, typically in parking lots and transitional areas. These are areas that uh, we typically park our cars and move from point A to point B. Our, our vehicle, which is considered a safe zone by many, into some other place that's usually safe. And, and the, the points in between the parking lots, the parking garages, those are notably paved places that support Crimes against people, such as kidnappings and carjackings and assaults. So the transitional areas themselves where vehicles um, 
abide and we interact with vehicles. Those are, uh, that's a key point right there. So the location of vehicles and those vehicles typically add support crime against people. So that would be the first thing is to understand that the environments that, that vehicles normally are, are, are parked in. Uh, secondly, um, the interplay of you to the vehicle, especially when you're getting out of the car and how vulnerable you are or getting in the car. There's a section that I call the triangle that essentially denotes the open door, but when you haven't actually cleared the door and moved out of the driver's compartment, that makes one very, very susceptible to limited mobility. So that's an area, again, that I tend to focus on as far as dealing with inside problems in, inside the interior of the car or getting out if you're jammed inside that area before you can actually have good mobility. And finally, I'll say probably uh, another area of concern is uh, how vehicles interact with other vehicles, such as uh, common everyday occurrences like uh, traffic accidents and things like that, you know, and understanding the interplay of vehicles with uh, us and, and, and other people. And a lot of times the things people do in cars that they wouldn't do outside of cars. And, again, it can escalate usually from something like a simple rear-end collision into a gunfight. And that's that, that kind of word rage incident is not uncommon. So uh, vehicles have a strange, interesting dynamic to um, human interaction. Okay. What would you say are – the three most important tips someone must know to prevent an attack from either in their vehicle or around it? I think the first important tip is to understand the dynamics of a vehicle as far as how it channels you linearly when you get out of it. For example, if you look at a police officer that gets out of his vehicle on a traffic stop, until he clears the bumper or the fender, uh, either in front or behind him, uh, he's usually in a very, very narrow channel because there's opposing traffic quite often when he does a traffic stop. So if we have to get out of the vehicle or if we're going to the vehicle, we have to be aware that there's a zone there that probably we need to get there and not linger as quick as possible, doing things like standing in that zone if you're a citizen coming into your vehicle from Walmart or whatever and fiddling with your keys and that you're very, very vulnerable and there's really no place to go except forward into a threat or back on your heels away from the threat, possibly depending on what body comes from. So I think that's the first one. The second one, I think, is detecting a threat before you do get into that zone. So obviously, if you know you have a problem, you're being followed outside of Walmart or a woman's being followed outside of a department store, Rather than enter that zone knowing you have a problem, maybe the best thing to do is go back in the store, understanding that the environment itself is just a really, really, really chaotic place to be, and it's very, very limited as far as options, okay? And then finally, probably the third most important one we can relate to, say, a road rage incident where, let's say you rear in somebody, you make a mistake. That's very common. We all do it. And we have someone that gets out of the vehicle. Quite often, I see... Um, the guys that are going through some of my coursework will sit immobile, belted up inside of a car without moving the vehicle with the vehicle in park and deal with somebody standing out who has their mobility that can run around the car. If somebody's getting out of the car, you need to get out with them or you need to drive away, not linger immobile in a parked vehicle. That's a common common thing to do because uh, the vehicle is almost like a throne. We think it's this, this thing that protects us, and it really doesn't. It really does. And it can. Something's better than nothing, but quite often that's something can be taken away very quickly. So when they get out, you probably need to get out or drive away, one of the two. And if, the, if you get out with them and you see that they're belligerent, are you, are you better off getting back in the car if it looks like they're getting out hostile, or 
and then like drive away from there, or what would you what would you say? I think if you have the option of the vehicle being mobile and can drive away, you should always take that option. Uh, if you're pending traffic and there's nowhere to go, you can't move the vehicle, you've not left a good reactionary gap so you can steer out of that, then you're gonna, you need to get out of the car. You need to get out of the car. Typically, we see a lot of these, and you can even see these road rage incidents in real life where somebody gets out of a vehicle, comes back or goes forward to another person, they start arguing, they get punched through the windshield, they get punched through the open glass and things like that, or, or, or mm-hmm. God forbid, get into gunplay. If he gets into a gunfight, he can move all the way around the car, shooting at will, and you have very limited mobility inside that car. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been talking with Craig Douglas of ShivWorks.com about how to defend yourself with a firearm in and around a vehicle. And we have a lot more secrets coming up, including the myths of using your automobile as a shield against bullets, protecting your spouse and children during a vehicle threat scenario, and we'll also get some training advice from Craig so that you can start to put these tactics into practice before you actually face a real-world threat. But first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun-range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range don't place your family's safety in the hands of hollywood fairy tales and hearsay claim your free copy of stopping power secrets now now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com and now back to the show Okay, we're back with Craig Douglas of ShivWorks.com to talk about armed vehicle combatives, and we have a lot more in store for you. So let's go ahead and jump right back in. Now, Craig, what is the number one mistake that you see your students make when it comes to using a vehicle as a shield during a firefight? And and to piggyback on that, what would you say is the best way to use a vehicle as cover for protection? I think number one mistake uh, that I see people doing with vehicles when, when utilizing them as a piece of cover is hugging the cover, getting too close to the vehicle, and unfortunately, uh, we have a lot of uh, angle of incidents, uh, ricochet-type uh, uh, impacts that come from people that are too close and don't understand the angle of incidents. And that's not just a vehicle problem, that's a cover problem in general. So the best way to use the vehicle for cover is to stand well away from the vehicle and 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 conform yourself to that cover as best as possible. I would say probably at a minimum, probably at a minimum, six feet would be best. Where would those ricochets be coming from? I mean, uh, typically like, um, you know, you think you'd get close to the vehicle because um, it would eliminate the ricochet that might go under the vehicle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Typically the vehicle, um, the ricochets, when they come from incoming fire, skipping off the hood, skipping off the fender, things like that. We have an angle of incidence within about 18 inches, okay? So uh, anything inside of 18 inches, you can definitely count on, on hitting someone on the other side. And if you remember, um, 
the uh, Hollywood shootout. That's how they actually got the bad guy in the Hollywood shootout with the initial impacts with Skip Lock. Craig, I, I always like to ask this question because as a family man myself, these are the things I worry about, like protecting others. So, and, and many of our listeners have a family, and they might be traveling with them in the vehicle when they're attacked. So what's the most important way to keep a spouse, children, or other passengers that you have with you safe during a vehicle-focused threat scenario? Probably the best way is to give them direction based upon your assessment of the current situation. Um, you can all these third-party issues. You, you can talk about having a plan, but but if the fight itself doesn't match the plan that uh, you have, you know it's something that's that's an anomaly, something you've never trained for. Then it's going to be up to you to assess the situation and give the spouse direction if they don't have a training background of their own and they can't adapt in the moment. So I think that's probably the most important thing is give them direction. For example, um, you may have uh, two people, for example, in the coursework that I do, uh, we simulate a collision where um, you rear in somebody inadvertently uh, rear in a vehicle that's occupied by two people but the driver and the passenger. And I kind of let them role play and, and you know, improv, for lack of a better term. So sometimes it may be a greater threat than the passenger. Sometimes it may be a greater threat than the driver. And if you have somebody on the other side of the car, well, that may involve something like, you know, dragging them out on the uh, driver's side with you, having them, just giving them a simple piece of direction, like, come on, honey, come on, come on, and, and pulling her across and letting her crab across the car and exit on the driver's side versus getting out on the passenger side, possibly into someone's hostile intentions. I think uh, that, being able to adapt in the moment, give good direction to someone, is probably the best way to protect your family. Okay, Craig, it's, it's time to put some of these back into practice and, and training So, so with some practical tips that we can give everybody. So if someone wanted to safely train for vehicle combatives in a non-live fire scenario, what's a simple training drill that they can do to become better prepared? I think a simple training drill, a really good drill that you can do that's, that's very self-correcting and safe is to use one of, my, uh, use one of the, the CERT training pistols or something that has some kind of visual indicator on it, preferably a laser, and work on and, and work on getting a uh, some kind of inner training pistol like a, uh, an Aspirate gun or one of the Rings blue guns or something, or the CERT pistol itself, but something that has a visual indicator, and just practice getting the gun out and orienting the gun towards a threat person, both on the driver and the passenger side. Having the laser on shows you exactly where the muzzle is throughout the line of presentation, and it can really show you exactly what you're pointing a gun at and what you're not pointing a gun at. What we see is we see a lot of people flag themselves when they're getting a gun out. If you flag yourself and then possibly have some kind of um, bad trigger control or your finger splits on the trigger, you have a sympathetic reflex, whatever, then... Uh, we've impacted ourselves in the middle of a vehicle-based gunfight. So I think that's a that's an easy one that somebody can do with very little coaching, with self-correcting, and you can make your adjustments. So probably even in like, in like a scenario, I mean, because somebody might even point it at somebody else in the car inadvertently. So if you had like a training drill where you had somebody come up on the, like maybe on the passenger side, or they choose unexpectedly, maybe they come up on the passenger side and you have to react to that, you might find, especially if that laser's on, that you you put somebody, you know, a family member maybe in the line of fire or something like that, um, because unexpectedly you've you've responded the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. That's, that's a great point. That's an easy one to do. And again, uh, it's safe to do. You can do it in your garage. It doesn't require a range. It's effective training. 
And, and it's something that's pretty critical. I mean, you need to know where that muzzle is at at all times. And if you haven't practiced on possibly orienting a gun across the passenger side, pinning your wife or your child in, trying to engage someone with gunfire, um, you know, in the moment it's a long time to figure out that you have a bad muzzle awareness. Awesome. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Craig, I, I really appreciate you taking some time with us to share your expertise today. Great information, great information. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it and put it to good use in their own their firearms training plan. So, again, everyone, I highly recommend that you check out the training that Craig has available on his website. So please visit him at www.shivworks.com. Again, that's S-H-I-V-W-O-R-K-S.com. And get his courses on your training calendar. There's a lot of great information there, a lot of great stuff that you can take part in. And as you can see, there's a lot that people aren't training in that you really need to be prepared with. So go ahead and check it out. And this is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. Until our next broadcast, train hard, stay safe, prepare now. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.